RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, a third member of a family in Tinsoy Y is confirmed with a mutated strain of COVID-19. Prosecutors hit the first person charged under the national security law with an alternative charge and the MTR says scandal-plagued platforms at the new Hong Hum station will be safe to use. The government is being urged to trace and test people who flew in from high-risk places over the past month to see if any of them were infected with a UK variant of COVID-19 and spread it to a Tinsoi Wai family. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Ho Pak Leung believes the family was infected by a patient who'd been overseas and whose infection was not picked up during the quarantine period. As Wendy Wong reports, a third member of the family has now been confirmed to be infected with a mutated strain of COVID. The 20-year-old student was sent to a quarantine centre on June the 4th and developed symptoms such as a cough, runny nose and diarrhoea the same day. Tests showed she has the N501Y mutant strain of coronavirus, as does her 17-year-old sister and mother. None of them had been vaccinated against COVID-19. The Centre for Health Protection has also recorded another six imported cases, including four people who flew in from Indonesia, one from the United Arab Emirates and one from the USA. That's just a handful of preliminary positive cases. The High Court has allowed prosecutors to add an alternative charge against the first person charged under Hong Kong's national security law, dangerous driving causing grievous bodily harm, rather than terrorism. Damon Pang reports. As well as these two charges, Tong Yinkit is also accused of inciting secession for allegedly driving a motorbike into a crowd of police officers while carrying a pro-independence flag on July the 1st last year. His trial without a jury is set to begin on June the 23rd. Mr Tong's lawyer said it was unfair for the alternative charge to be added at this stage and said the national security judges should not be able to hear a case involving the lesser charge. But the three judges, Esther Toh, Anthea Pang and Wilson Chen, disagreed on both points, saying the move is not unfair to the defendant, being as the prosecution will still have to disclose its evidence to the defence before the trial begins. The court also heard that with the introduction of the alternative charge, the number of prosecution witnesses will rise by 2 to 57. The MTR Corporation has played down concerns about the safety of new platforms at Hong Hum Station, ahead of the full opening of the Chin Ma Line. The new platforms will come into operation on June the 20th, a week before the new line opens. Francis Sitt reports. The platforms were at the centre of a shoddy work scandal in May 2018, when media reports revealed how contractors had cut corners by shortening steel bars used for securing the platforms at the station. A government-appointed inquiry subsequently found serious deficiencies in the management of the project, even though it concluded that the structure was safe. One woman told RTHK that she's worried about the station's safety and called on the rail giant to boost transparency. I live in Yunlong. I have no choice. They have given the report, but I hope they will increase the transparency to the public. Speaking at a media tour, the rail firm's chief of operating, Sammy Wong, stressed checks have been completed with statutory approvals obtained to ensure safety. He added that measures will be taken to make sure passengers know where to go when the new platforms come into service. Passengers need some time to get used to it. However, the whole arrangement in terms of the movement of passengers, as well as all those measures like uh, the provision of signage, information and also uh, staff assistance. The interchange arrangement will be smooth on the day one and we will ensure that passengers are well aware of the arrangement beforehand 
and also at the station. Mr Wong added that around 230 staff will be deployed to help commuters. Taiwan is extending until the 28th of June the lockdown measures introduced in mid-May. The island has seen an increasing number of cases and the administration has also been criticised for refusing to buy vaccines from the mainland, as the BBC's Cindy Sue reports. The extension means all schools will stay closed for the rest of the semester, public venues will remain shut, and gatherings of more than five people indoors and ten outdoors will continue to be banned. President Tsai Ing-wen's administration has seen its approval ratings fall, as the public blames it for being too slow in obtaining vaccines and for politicizing purchases. She has tried to place the blame on China, but that has backfired as many people blame her for refusing to buy vaccines from a Chinese distributor, not quickly acquiring doses from other sources. You're listening to RTHK. The time is almost exactly five minutes past 11. The Education Bureau says it's investigating the suspension of classes at a private school in Chimsa Choi over financial problems. As Wendy Wong reports, Mount Kelly School Hong Kong conceded it's been badly affected by the 2019 social unrest and COVID-19 pandemic. Mount Kelly School Hong Kong reportedly told parents in an email that it needs time to short out its finances and carry out a restructure but promised to resume classes in the new school year in August. In a reply sent to RTHK, the school said it ran into financial difficulties following an exodus of students during the 2019 social unrest and was gravely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. It also cited other problems such as overdue tuition fees and confusing accounting records. It said the school operator has commissioned lawyers and accountants to review and resolve the situation, adding that investors would inject new funds after the process is complete. Mount Kelly added that it could only pay teachers in faces because its funds have been frozen as a result of the ongoing review. It pledged to pay teachers in full as soon as possible. For the time being, the school said students will continue to have online learning, adding that a parent-teacher meeting will be held on Tuesday. Please rest assured that Mount Kelly at this moment in time is working hard to ensure that the next academic year will operate successfully from August 2021. Plans for next year's intake of students continues, as well as the development of our first intake of IGCSE students and accreditation, the school said. One parent who asked to remain anonymous told RTHK that the suspension came as a surprise and the situation was very confusing. She said some parents were withdrawing their children from the school. A spokesman for the Education Bureau, meanwhile, said officials had demanded an explanation from the school's management and reminded it to prioritise students' interests and pay staff as soon as possible. The school, which offers a British curriculum, is located inside a commercial building in Chimsa Choi and charges an annual tuition fee of between $154,000 and $195,000. It said it currently has around 160 students. The Court of Final Appeal is set to hear arguments on whether people charged with unlawful assembly or rioting can be convicted even if they were not present at the scene. Jimmy Choi reports. An appeal has been initiated by Tom Wai Hong, who was among several defendants charged with rioting in Shanwan in July 2019, but was eventually acquitted by the district court. The Department of Justice didn't challenge the acquittal, but asked the Court of Appeal to clarify the law over whether a person's physical presence at an unlawful assembly or riot is necessary for a conviction, in accordance with the joint enterprise doctrine in the common law system. 
In March, the Court of Appeal ruled in favor of the DOJ. It decided that people who encourage others to join illegal protests through social media, provide resources, act as lookouts or masterminds, or drive protesters away from a scene can all be criminally liable. Mr. Tong then sought a certificate from the Court of Appeal to bring the matter to the city's top court and has now been given the green light. The judges say the issue has far-reaching implications for the prosecution of offences of riot and a lawful assembly in the future. They also noted that the Court of Final Appeal recently granted leave to appeal to another man, Lo Kim Man, who was convicted of rioting during the Mong Kok unrest in 2016, so he can argue against the joint enterprise doctrine. No dates have been set for the hearings. The High Court has been told the city needs to be more tolerant of satirical shows in order to protect freedom of speech. The court is hearing a judicial review over a ruling by the Communications Authority that an episode of RTHK's headliner programme had insulted the police. Violet Wong reports. The public broadcaster took the show off-air last year after the Communications Authority issued a warning over one of its episodes. In it, a host who was dressed in police uniform emerged from a rubbish bin and spoke about the sufficient supply of personal protection equipment officers had at the beginning of the COVID-19 outbreak. Senior Counsel Johannes Chen, representing RTHK's Program Staff Union and the Journalist Association, told the court that the show might be cynical and sarcastic but did not amount to insult or the host would have been standing before a background like a landfill or sewage. Mr Chen said as different people have different interpretations of the show, the communications authority should adopt a high degree of tolerance when handling complaints against it, especially when police officers who had public authority should be under close scrutiny. Mr Chen said if RTHK did not enjoy freedom of speech, the public broadcaster could not carry out its duty to facilitate the free exchange of ideas without fear or favour. The hearing continues, with the lawyer representing the Communications Authority set to give submissions tomorrow. The number of people killed in a collision between two express trains in southern Pakistan has risen to 40. Dozens were injured when a packed intercity express ploughed into another train that had derailed in Sindh province. A Pakistani minister said the crash and the derailment were minutes apart. Officials say six carriages were destroyed. This man was on board the train when the collision happened. That's our carriage over there. We were getting down. The children were too. Then the other train slammed into us right into our carriage. I don't know what happened after that. My wife, my daughter and my friend all died. Thailand is starting the mass vaccination of its population in an attempt to curb a recent third wave of COVID-19. It hopes to administer nearly 7 million doses this month and 100 million by the end of the year. It's anxious to reopen its borders to foreign tourists, whose absence has had a ruinous impact on the economy. The BBC's Jonathan Head is at a vaccination centre in Bangkok. Thailand's government has been criticised for being very slow to get going with vaccines. It was very successful last year in containing the coronavirus, so much so that people didn't seem to think it was a threat. They're rushing to catch up now. The problem they have is that they don't have reliable supplies of vaccine. 
Thailand's actually making AstraZeneca vaccine here, but the company that's making them is owned personally by the king. It's never made vaccines before. Because it's a royal company, there's not much information, and everyone's hoping that its promises to deliver more than 60 million vaccines, that that can be done and get things up to speed. Relatives of those who died in the downing of Malaysia Airlines flight MH17 in eastern Ukraine are preparing to hear painful details of the events as a critical stage of a trial in the Netherlands gets underway. Four people, three Russians and a Ukrainian, are being tried in absentia. The BBC's Anna Holligan has been watching the hearing. According to a team of international investigators, material found in the bodies, the passengers' personal items, wreckage and crash sites suggested the plane was hit by a Buke missile. All 298 people on board were killed, two-thirds of them Dutch nationals. The court has received 299 claims for compensation from the next of kin. Those relatives will have a chance to speak in court in September. Over the course of the trial, the court will seek answers to three specific questions. Was flight MH17 shot down by a Buke missile? Was a Buke missile fired from an agricultural field near Pabomaisky? Did the accused play a role in this? Jeff Bezos, the founder of the online retailer Amazon, says he will journey into space on his rocket company's first suborbital sightseeing trip. Another seat on the trip is being auctioned to the highest bidder. The BBC's Rory Keflin-Jones reports. Jeff Bezos announced on Instagram that he had dreamed of travelling to space since he was five and on July the 20th he'll make that journey along with his brother. Also on board for the brief suborbital flight will be the winner of an auction for a seat on Blue Origin's new Shepard spacecraft. The current highest bid stands at nearly $3 million. The world's richest man wants to pioneer space tourism, but has lost out to his rival Elon Musk's SpaceX when it comes to contracts from NASA. To sports and in tennis, American teenager Coco Goff has reached her first Grand Slam quarterfinal. The 17-year-old beat Ons Jabeur of Tunisia in the fourth round of the French Open. Goff won in straight sets, 6-3, 6-1. She next faces Barbara Krejcikova of the Czech Republic, who eliminated American Sloane Stephens, 6-2, 6-love. In football, England boss Gareth Southgate has named Brighton defender Ben White as the replacement for the injured Trent Alexander-Arnold in the team's Euro squad. White made his England debut in their win over Austria in a friendly last week. And Southgate says he was happy to have Jordan Henderson back in their 1-0 victory over Romania yesterday in their final Euro warm-up, despite his penalty miss. The Liverpool captain had been out since February with injury. You know, it's been a frustrating period for him. We were hoping to get that 45 minutes three days ago. That wasn't possible. So you could see in that period in the game the impact he has on other people and um, some of the qualities that he, that he brings to the team. Hopefully we don't get a reaction from that 45 and he can build from there. A reminder of our top stories tonight. A third member of a family in Tin Soi Wai is confirmed with a mutated strain of COVID-19. And prosecutors hit the first person charged under the national security law with an alternative charge. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3. I just can't help believing when she smiles up soft and gentle with a trace of misty morning and a promise of tomorrow in her eyes. 
Well, I just can't help believing when she slips her hand in my hand and it feels so small and helpless and my fingers fold around it like a glove. I just can't help Into our second hour this Monday evening, taking it easy for you. A great track from the King, of course. Just can't help believing. 
20 past 11 is the time. Peter King with you. Radio Peter Gmail if you want to be in touch as we continue now. Obviously in the past with Shirley Bassey. When you smile. When you smile. 